Welcome to Globally Speaking, a production by RWS. Globally Speaking is designed to educate, inform, and challenge everyone who is engaged in global communications. Our experts talk to various industry thought leaders to dig into the most critical issues impacting language and localization today. Learn more by visiting our website at www.globallyspeakingradio.com. Now, here is the host for this episode. Well, thank you so much, Urgy, for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to connect with us. Just a quick intro, so for the folks that are listening, Urgy Wong is a Senior Globalization Program Manager at VMware. Urgy has been working in product globalization for about eight years, and in the most recent years, he's been used a lot of business data to build a roadmap around product globalization at VMware. Um, he's contributed to the Globalization Playbook along with 12 other industry leaders in the localization space and globalization space. So I just want to learn a bit more about the book, how it came together, the Globalization Playbook, this process. Um, this is a two-part series. So this is the second part of the series. So this we're going to be focusing just on the data portion. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Monica, for, for having me to, uh, here join this uh, session. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm quite uh, happy to join this group to to draft this playbook, especially for the data parts. And uh, so for for the journey for authoring this playbook, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a good opportunity for us to learn from each other. And uh, we are not only sharing the practice in our own company, but we also learn some good practice from other companies. Yeah, especially for this uh, chapter for data analytics and uh, uh, I know that different company they have a different practice for data driven decision making or to build a strategy, and uh, so I do learn quite a lot from my partner in uh, in this chapter, and uh, also I have opportunity to share what we have done at VMware. So this is a very good uh, uh, practice for exchange. Yeah. So who were your partners, Urgy? Yes, I, I work. It's my pleasure to work with uh, Liana from ServiceNow and also John Francova from Adobe and uh, Francesca from uh, Pinterest and also Christian from uh, Siemens. Yeah, so I work with the four of them together for to uh, to authoring this this chapter. Great, great. Um, that seems like a really dynamic team. I can see it's a lot of right. different industries and totally, I'm sure, different approaches to data and data collection. And also, they have a lot of experience. All of these, uh, my my partner for this chapter, they have an extensive experience uh, to build a strategy and also uh, to utilize data and to to justify the localization globalization strategy. Yeah. So, in reading the in the description of the podcast, we'll include a copy of the globalization strategy playbook, so folks can use it as a resource. Um, but one of the things that I found really interesting when reading it, um, just as an intro, is why this is so important, why this data is so important in the globalization and localization space. Um, I'd love to hear from, directly from you why you think it's so important. Yeah. You know that, uh, uh, especially in, in the big company, and uh, so we have, we all, I think, I assume all the company, they are forced foster some of the culture for the data-driven decision-making, right? So globalization function is one of them. We, we also need to use the data to, to help us to make a, not only the big decision, but also some of the daily operation, uh, small decisions. And uh, also, I think with the data, we can 
justify or prove the value of localization or globalization. You know that uh, uh, in in the company, not everyone uh, they know the importance of globalization, especially in some of the new product team or some of the uh, new acquired team. So who just joined the big family. So they always underestimate the value of uh, globalization. So uh, we need to use the data to to have some uh, sharing or education for for them to tell them that uh, globalization is is helping you to enlarge your business opportunity in certain country. And also data will also help us to measure this, not only justify this, but also measure this from time to time. And also uh, another challenge we are facing right now is uh, we have a limited resource and especially not only the the budget, but also the human power. Yeah. So we, with the data, we can fund, help us to fund, fund the uh, opportunity or fund the priority where we should put our resource on and to have the best uh, ROI. So this is another thing. And always that uh, data can tell us a lot of things we cannot be easy to see in the daily operation, right? So this can help us to identify some of the new opportunity or some of the gap which we need to fill. So this is something we we see the value for, for data in, in the globalization business, uh, in, in the globalization and the localization business. Yeah. Thanks. So what do you see? So when you're trying to convince um, a new team has started and they're looking into globalization, do you typically broach that conversation initially, or is it more of a, they come to you for look interested about localization, then how do you broach the data conversation? Uh, I think both, yeah. So you, you know that uh, some of them are pretty uh, active, like they want to uh, approach to us to learn something about uh, localization, globalization. But uh, in some case, that uh, we knock their door first, because we see that uh, uh, they are, I, I, especially we see from the data, you know that in company we have some benchmark. Uh, for example, uh, in our company, like 40% or 50% revenue are from the overseas markets outside of the US. And some of the new team, maybe they their revenue from overseas markets are pretty low. And we, we, we we approach them saying that uh, there's a good opportunity for us. If you do the globalization, if you uh, localize your product, you have a big opportunity to grab the revenue from overseas market, especially from uh, some of the country. Uh, localization play a big role, for example, in, in Japan, in some of the APAC countries. And then do you typically get any pushback or is it pretty easy sell once you're like, you know, you can get more money. This is laddering up to your benchmarks. What is your experience? Yeah, I, I think this is a very good question. So, uh, I, I, to be honest, I think uh, in, in most of the case, we get some pushback. That So, in this case, that the data will play a big role. So, we use a different data and we we cook them together to uh, to educate our, our uh, business partner in, in product team to let them know that uh, data will tell you how, uh, how much opportunity we can grab if we do the localization. And also, uh, we are not uh, uh, cook the data by ourselves, but we also work with uh, different teams. For example, we will 
discuss this with the region teams, collect some data from the, from their hands, uh, because they are in the frontier of uh, uh, of doing business in the region, in the country. So we get some of input from them. And also we have some uh, historical data from the sales operation. And we can tell them that uh, previously other product, after they're doing the localization, what is the revenue jump they have? So we also have some successful story and with the data, and this also help us to to convince the the team, yeah. And uh, another thing is that uh, we also uh, keep an eye on our competitors, so, yeah. So this is another thing we 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 want to build in our data story to 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 convince the team, saying that uh, you you have the high high to high competitor in the market, and they are doing localization. So if you don't do so, in, 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 from from customer experience point of view, maybe this is not good. Yeah. Do you find what's the data point that typically like moves the needle to convince them? Is it the competitors? Is it the size of the prize? Is it what is typically the 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 ROI opportunity that they like? Uh, I, like oh yeah, let's localize. I think that uh, to be honest, uh, the, there's uh, two things uh, which is. Uh, to me, to me, it's uh, the, the needle mover. Why is uh, the revenue? Yeah, so we, we always uh, uh, borrow the number from a region team to, to have some of the projection of the revenue if we do the localization. Uh, what is new business case you, uh, the team can grab? So this is a one business uh, mover. And uh, another thing is, uh, uh, is customer impact. So especially we need to let them know that uh, not every customer they 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 want to use the product in English, yeah. So especially we, we use some data of so called uh, uh, English tolerance. So for example, in Japan, the toler- yeah the tolerance is uh, pretty low. You cannot say assume that uh, all Japanese customer they want to use uh, English, yeah. And uh, maybe some European country. The tolerance is okay, but for sure in some of the countries, yeah, this kind of data will will help us to to convince our our, our friends in the in the product team. So, how do you? Um, what are the best resources or what's the best data points that you think you can use for a business case for different regions? So, for example, like if I'm running my business, right. And I want to expand into, there's so many markets and you, like you mentioned before, there's limited resources. How do you recommend deciding what are the key businesses and key um, markets to dive into for localization? Yeah. You know, that's a, uh, we also uh, consume a lot of data actually from the third party uh, in, we have, we, we get some data from IDG and or Gartner. So they have a lot of, uh, uh, market analysis or insights. So they have a in for different uh, business uh, uh, for different uh, products for different business. They have a uh, some of an analysis. They have a so called uh, total addressable market market size. It's uh, called TAM. And uh, based on this, we can let uh, let the marketing marketing team or product team know what is uh, the total market share there. And uh, so the, this is one thing can tell us how big is uh, the total cake, the total size of the cake. And uh, also we we can compare our current uh, revenue data in that country and see that we 
what what is what is our uh, position, and uh, in in some in some case that localization will help uh, the team to do the market penetration in that country. Yeah. So it's kind of a combination of the size of the prize and then what the internal data shows. Yes, and uh, yeah. In this chapter, we have, we have built a uh, very interesting content we call that is uh, data inventory. And uh, so, uh, so like my friends who are working on this chapter, we do some uh, brainstorming and we list all the data together. And also we from this data inventory, we have another element called the decision-making matrix. So we link all the data to different scenario, what kind of... Uh, uh, if to to handle or to uh, to make different decision, what kind of data you need to refer? So this is a, 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 a interesting things in this chapter. Yeah, I do recommend people to to check this uh, to to section in this chapter. Yeah, it was very interesting. Also, um, I found very interesting the hidden and available. Like, what is hidden versus available is in the chapter? Can you expand on that a little bit for the listeners? Yes, I, I think this is another thing I, I like in this chapter. So. You know that uh, in different companies, right, uh, globalization team or localization team are always be a central function in the in the organization, and uh, so actually we are sitting in a gold mine for for different data. Actually, we we have access to more data than we we know. So this is uh, if we keep exploring or we keep partner with the different uh, teams. Uh, we can have access to more data, uh, but there are also some data which is uh, missing. So uh, I like my the, the quote from my my friends, Young uh, Francova and uh, uh, Leanna. So they mentioned that you should never fight for the perfect data. So we will for for most of scenario we are working with uh, limited data, and uh, but there's some way we can we can handle that nicely. For example, we can apply some of the reasonable uh, assumption if we see some data is missing. And uh, with the assumption, we share this honestly with our partner saying that uh, this is the logic we are using and we have this assumption, even we don't have that data. That is, so this is okay. Another thing is uh, we can, uh, we keep, like, like I mentioned, I, we keep uh, exploring and we add the data incrementally Maybe currently in this quarter, we don't have that data, but we build a channel. We partner with uh, different teams. We're collecting those data. In the next uh, cadence, we will have those data. So this is another strategy. Uh, so with this, I think even even some data are missing, but we, we still can build something which uh, give us more uh, meaningful insights. Yeah. So this is something about the uh, working with the missing data. Yeah, yeah, I'd love for you to expand on that. Um, do you have any examples of when you had a challenge of missing data, or did anyone share any stories? And then how you guys went over that that um, challenge? Yes, I, I can share one thing which is happening at Wimmer. Uh, so when we when we have, uh, want to deploy the machine, low machine translation to drive the cost down. And uh, we, 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 we lack of some data to show how people receive this low machine translations quality. And uh, 
we know that we are missing this, and we carefully start with some of the safe language. And then at that time, we, we want to introduce uh, a widget in our uh, doc center. And uh, for people who are using this uh, role machine translated content, we ask them to have a, a, just a thumbs up or some sound feedback to us. And gradually, after several quarters, we save a lot of data. And uh, then we, we have enough data to show how people are like this or the, the quality of a real machine translation. Then we can uh, briefly to enlarge the scope for real machine translation. So in these cases, uh, we try that first and also we see some data missing and we add that to the uh, roadmap. Then we utilize the data to help us to enlarge the scope. That's a really fascinating example because it ties into my next question about how do you define the OKRs? Because so we have, you know, you have your goals for your business. There's overall business goals. Then there's the localization goals. And then you, you need your data points. So when you see those hidden or um, those opportunities, how do you broach that? Like, how do you tackle that opportunity Like for the for your overall goals? Yeah, I, I, I think... Uh, uh, Data actually is kind of things that support all our OKR, especially for for the measurement. And also, like I mentioned, data is also one thing can help us to identify what is missing in our OKR or in our objective. So this is something uh, we we collect the data and also we see the see the opportunity, see the gap, and we take action. So this is a circle we, we are building. And uh, typically for, for OKR, uh, we, we, have, we need to have some KPI, right? We need to have some measurement. So also data play a big role there. And after we achieve something, data will also tell us what is, uh, can, can help us to find what is what else missing. And this leads to another uh, objective or another uh, key, re- key result we need to achieve. So what are some examples of like tools that you guys would use? You've mentioned the widget. Um, so what other yeah. examples would you guys use for localization data? Yeah, this is another good question. So uh, actually, if we talk about data, so we need to rely on different tools. Uh, so right now in the market, there's a lot of tools can help us you know, to collect the data and also to uh, do the data analytics. Yeah, especially right now, uh, you know, that in the, in the web portal or in the SaaS uh, product uh, service, uh, software as a services product, actually you have a access more data. Because of for, for especially for SaaS business, you host all the service in your different data center, right? So that's why you, you collect more data from a customer and you can see the whole customer journey. And uh, so, I know that uh, due to some of the regulation, like a GDPR, maybe you cannot see all, all the uh, data you want to see, but you still can see some of the rough journey or the click path for different customers. And uh, you, you, have a, you have a good opportunity to do some of the, to build some of the customer uh, story based on those data. And uh, uh, for example, uh, in our data center, sorry, in our doc center, we can see how customer they they, they spend time in each page and uh, uh, in which which scenario they want to change the locale, 
And uh, if they don't find the, uh, the target language uh, in the language selector, what is uh, the next step they will do? So all of this tell us the uh, some of the story that uh, how localization or globalization will help customer. I didn't even think about um, like measuring from a website of like how people are spending time on the page and then comparing the two different um, like in language in English versus another language and the experience. Yeah. Um, you in the article it mentioned is the sentiment analysis analytics. And right. I was wondering if you could expand on that a little bit. Yeah, sentiment analysis actually is a very useful tool, which is applied for uh, for study the, the customer feedback. And uh, so this is broadly used in English content. You know that a uh, lot of tools actually are provide to you the sentiment analysis function. For example, in in, in Power BI or in other tools, they have this function. But for localized content, for example, for customer to who give you the feedback in front in French or in Japanese, you you can also apply this. And uh, with this you can generate to, to see what, what is uh, their feeling about your, your localization or your content. And to show how, how what is the percentage of people they like your content and uh, which uh, percentage that they don't like. Yeah. That's so interesting. So if a team has, okay, what would you give advice to to someone who has no localization budget and they're just starting from the ground up and then also in limited amount, they've got C-suite support, they have a ton of money. What do you think would be advice for the low end and then the high end as well? Yeah. You know that we're all facing the, the challenge of a limited resource or limited budget, yeah. Especially in some of the uh, startup company. So they may not have this, uh, because they have a lot of other priorities they need to work. And uh, maybe in the beginning that localization, globalization is not their priority. But when the, the, the business grow to a certain level, that they need to consider this. And in this case, that they... Uh, the business leader or the uh, localization or globalization leader, they need to use the data. They need to carefully to to build up their data strategy to collect the data and build the data. Uh, also, more important is that they need to partner with uh, different teams. You know that it's not about you, you, you close door and cook the data by yourself, then you share this to others. You from uh, During the old journey, in the in the data analysis, you need to work with the different teams and build the trust, build the, the, the partnership with the different team. Then you you will see the power of data. Yeah. Who if you have no money and you're just kind of from the ground up starting a localization team or wanting to explore localization, uh, what do you recommend are some data points with limited budgets to leverage? Yeah, like I mentioned, there's one thing is uh, uh, you need to uh, check some third-party uh, market uh, analytics, and uh, this is telling you uh, what, what is the, the market you, you you want to enter, and also in that market, and what is the people's uh, uh, language preference, and also uh, you need to check with uh, like a competitor sta- status, what is uh, their language uh, offering in that market, and also. Maybe you also can have some of the customer survey to collect some input from the 
end users. Also, you need to talk with uh, the the region team who is doing the business in that region and uh, to collect some data. For example, one of the the example in our chapter is a, a localization leader talk with uh, the region business team saying that uh, in past uh, several quarter certain amount of a business case they lost due to lack of localization, lack of the translation. So this is all good data we can uh, cook together to build some of the justification to have a, to ask for money, ask for budget to investment. And also that uh, uh, maybe you don't need to build this very big from beginning. You can build this gra- gradually from the, like a localized certain amount of content first. And then we can see the reaction in the in the market, and then we add the content gradually. Then we, for example, we build the localization for documentation first, and then we add the UI, and then we add this to all content. And we start from one language first, and gradually we add different locales. So this is our all possible to have no budget and uh, gradually uh, to, to, to get more budget, yeah. So that's the starter pack kind of tips um, for starting a localization strategy. What about for the company that's kind of established? How do you keep that momentum going in your localization strategy, leveraging the data? Yeah. So for, for the established company, that uh, also that uh, we always uh, have a lot of room to build uh, optimization, right? So we have a lot of... Uh, uh, we spend a lot of budget, and we also need to justify the budget, which is uh, really helping the business. And uh, so we have a diff- we set up a different uh, dashboard, which is showing the trend that uh, even that uh, we are established, we have a lot of locales, but we also can see which locales perform the best and which locale we see that uh, uh, may not have a that, that good ROI. So we do some optimization. For example, for some of the low performance locale, maybe we need to consider machine translation or raw machine translation. So we can save the money to some more uh, high return uh, locales or we add some of the, the, the budget to some new locale we never localized before. So a little risk, a little uh, continuing and seeing how to optimize. So we're towards the end of the conversation. I'd love to know any kind of tips or recommendations you have for anyone listening on their strategy? Yeah, I think uh, this book or this playbook or this uh, chapter will tell you how the data is uh, function as a crystal ball to you. You can use the data to do a lot of uh, uh, prediction or forecast of your business and also can help you to to make a more meaningful dialogue with uh, the partner or the, the friends in, in your business unit. And also it can help you to to convince them to support your localization initiatives. Yeah. So actually data is not that, uh, uh, that is, it's not that uh, easy to, to, to uh, approach, but it's, it's just something in your uh, daily operation. You just collect them and build them, use them every day. And gradually you will build your very nice uh, uh, data strategy and uh, to help you to grow your business. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm excited to see what other exciting data points come out, hopefully maybe in the next year or two. 
we can hear back from you and like, oh, this is some new insights, some new data strategies. So um, thank you so much, Urgy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Monica, for having me here. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Globally Speaking, an RWS production. You can subscribe to Globally Speaking on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podbean. Check out other episodes on globallyspeakingradio.com, where you can also find transcripts from every show. We'd like to hear your comments, suggestions, and feedback, so don't hesitate to reach out to us by contacting us at info at globallyspeakingradio.com. Global